What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 338. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. And just like every episode, I'm joined by Ron and John. That was good, guys. That was like the inflection was like bright. Yeah. Much like yeah. this light shining in my face. <laughs> is that a new light? <laughs> For some reason, it feels very bright today. I don't know. It's the same, it's the same light in the same setting I always use, but maybe Aaron adjusted it or something. <laughs> but uh yeah man how you guys doing today good good, good. tired wow. but good tired yeah yeah tired feels like just like a normal thing though you know right. good no, we were just talking like about embrace that. the good embrace yeah. the good yeah no, we were just saying like if you uh, i mean it's an age thing for me i do think having <clears> a kid <throat> exhausts you to a certain point there's certain but it's like where you if you stop to take note of what you're feeling after a certain hour Tired is just the word that springs to the top of the list. So yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of like keep moving, otherwise you'll just you'll just fall asleep. So that's why you guys don't see. I'm yeah. actually I'm, I'm I'm on a treadmill right now. You got a little. I figured you oh, saw. Okay. You get a little flow yeah. going there. I like it. I like it. It's kind of a Flintstones um, thing. I'm powering the television upstairs. <laughs> I thought it was maybe was was powering the Zoom, like your your oh, internet, your okay. hosting abilities. If I get, you know, that would be. A, I, I would be a little afraid that this podcast would be lost if I suddenly became so engrossed in what you guys were saying that I stopped moving my legs and that would not be good. So, right. True, true, true. Um, okay, cool. Well, uh, this episode, the main purpose of this episode, we can finally talk about the Batman. Yes. Batman's out on HBO Max this week. Uh, as of, well, this will air Friday, but as of Monday, we've all it's seen available. And um, Pivot, which I actually, which I actually it's, saw. It's, it's, is Pivot was was Pivot already or is that next week? Oh, it was the same day. Oh, same day as HBO Max. Okay. Yeah, which is straight because they didn't really talk about that. Like it, it only there was there were two versions of the commercial. There was the HBO Max commercial, and there was a Batman one that said HBO Max and Pivot, and then they listed a chunk of stuff, and that's got how it, I found it. out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. So yeah, so you got a lot of options to. To catch up on the Batman if you haven't watched it, but we'll talk about that now that we've all seen it uh, later on in the episode. But just like we normally do at the top here, we're going to go through a couple of news items that happened since last week's episode. Mm. Which one do you want to jump into first, Ronald? I know we kind of have a couple lined up here. Netflix, Netflix, and not not for not for my usual slander. It's just I'm wondering. Uh, you know, there was there was a a report that uh, first quarter. Um, Netflix lost 200,000 subscribers and that could be attributed to a bunch of things. But one of the things is that people are saying that the password sharing announcement um, may have prompted some people to do that combined with the lack of content um, or, or no, la the lack of content that is interesting to the, the parties that left the, the service. So I just want to talk to you guys about it. I mean, that's that's pretty significant, you know, two hundred thousand subscribers dropping off, and the the it's guessed that maybe uh, quarter two it could be close to two million people, because yeah. um, it's like the beginnings of uh, a mass exodus from Netflix, possibly. So just just running that by you guys. What do you? Yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. It's. I mean, I feel like it's something that was probably inevitable. I think that the last, yeah. the Q4, uh, last, the last earnings call they had where same thing happened where like, you know, uh, they missed some targets and like the stock took a huge hit. 
after hours and into the following day and took a lot of other stocks down with them, much, much like it did yesterday. You know, like mm-hmm. today we're recording this on Wednesday. I mean, I, I own Netflix shares and it was uh, very painful to watch. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that it's probably something that is going to happen to all of these services. And I think, you know, Disney and Warner Discovery, um, you know, they definitely saw the impacts of, of it on their stock today, too. But I think ultimately for Netflix, I mean, the, the real takeaway is that it may be the password announcement. It may be like what's going on in Russia. Like they stopped that over there. So like there's estimates that they lost, you know, 700,000 subscribers due to that. Um, right. So, you know, there's all these factors. But the bottom line is, is that the growth has slowed and they missed the target and they lost subscribers for the first times in a decade. So, you know, that's the real thing that just shook up the whole earnings call and, you know, the, the stock itself. And it's really all people are talking about today in, in the industry. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of the things that I subscribe to, that's it's all over the place. You know, again, I think it's inevitable that this is yeah. going to happen. I think that these uh, the quote unquote like streaming wars that we're in right now. You know, I think that it comes down to which ones are going to survive. And, you know, it's going to come down to three or four and there's going to be consolidation and there's going to be mergers and all these things where things get bundled into some packages. But I think at the end of the day, personally, I think Netflix is going to, you know, survive that. And I think they're going to be one of the three or four. I just think that it's going to force Netflix to kind of reexamine how they how they go forward from here. You know, I think, you know, in terms of what they're doing with their programming, with the scripted and unscripted television that they do um, with how many movies they make and what the budgets are, what they let these big name filmmakers do with these movies, um, which is kind of what they've grown to be known for. You know, a lot of these huge names go to them for that very reason. They can just do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't think it's really netting them what they thought it would, especially because they really haven't broken through, you know, with Oscars in the big, big categories that they were hoping for even in the past few years. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. Like, you know, I, like, I think you're right. I think the next quarter is going to be even worse. You know, if, if I'm being honest, you know, the reality, no. if they do start doing the but password stuff. are you being stuff, honest, Steve? Steve. What's that? Steve, are you being honest? Well, I want to, I want to, I'm trying to like convince myself <laughs> otherwise, because I, I feel yeah. like I want to hold these stocks. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't, yeah. you don't lose money until you sell them. And, uh, you know, I don't want to realize these losses <laughs> quite yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think it'll turn around to some degree once some of this consolidation happens. But um, I mean, honestly, they I think they just need to pivot a lot of things. I think they need to relook at like some of the budgets, the what they're spending um, on these productions, on these original programming, identify the real marquee seat series that they have based on viewership, maybe be a little more transparent about viewership, you know, to make uh, shareholders and, you know, basically the subscriber base more understanding of like what's really succeeding and what's maybe just sort of succeeding. Yeah. Um, I really do think eventually too, like, you know, they, they said that they're going to have some sort of probably some ad supported version of the platform eventually, which I think is going to, it's going to be weird to think about, but I think it's going to be something that they're, that all of these platforms are going to have, you know, like, um, like HBO Max already kind of has it going. And I think that they're going to probably be one of the top ones that make it through also. So they got a little bit of a head start on that. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if their numbers actually are better in terms of growth when they announce theirs next week. But 
I just think that uh, they need to reevaluate how they're doing stuff. Like they can't, they can't be the way they have been and, and have been like kind of muscling through. Yeah. We talked about it before in this podcast, but one thing I kept thinking about, like, and a lot of people were saying, reading these analysis, like, I do think they need to find a way to manage like the, the buzz around a lot of their series that come out, you know, like we talk yeah. about like maybe still having some of their, you know, series be all at once bingeable things, you know, like that, 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 that Netflix kind of pioneered, but I think that they need to try to identify ways in which to keep certain series um, like we talk about stranger things or even like Ozark, you know, the ones that are still around the Witcher is a big one umbrella Academy, just some of these series that they have, like, so that they're just not all burning out within a week or two, you know, they just completely lose all value in terms of the cultural impact and the, the, the word of mouth and things like that. Um, Cause it would also like lower the churn rate, you know, it would keep people subscribed to the service and, you know, things like that, these factors, I just think it would help uh, in the long run, but can't say it's a, it's a shock, especially after last quarter, but it is very, very bad for Netflix right now. They're, they're kind of yeah. in damage control. Yeah. Um, I was, I was just going to say, um, I agree with you. Uh, so I think that they have to go. I've noticed something when it comes to Netflix, Netflix is seldom in the mouths of younger people anymore. I mean, it's like Tiger King and a couple of things. I think they need to work on the kind of like the what HBO had with uh, what's what's the name of the show that everybody's talking about? Uh, Euphoria. Euphoria. Like, you know, there's like I don't I don't hear young people talking about Netflix quite the way that I mean, it might be about the documentary or something like that. Like I, I saw a couple of tweets about White Hot you know the abercrombie but yeah their yeah, bread same. and butter should be maybe scripted things and maybe trying to find this like you know things that focus on like 16 to 25 30 year olds going right. through shit that are super sexy i mean like I, they don't have a lot of stuff like that where kids are like yo you know what i just watched the other day fucking you know it's it's Nailed there's it. none of that but yeah the, the conversations aren't is there. it cake <laughs> Yeah, and the kids, it, and that's the key, the, the key. Younger people need to be. It can't be like Netflix can't be Facebook for people for for kids. And and I think that they need to work on it becoming that soon, because it, it's been around for long enough. And I think they need to be careful of it becoming that for people. Like right, that that I I'm not saying it is there. I'm just saying that the identity of the service becomes like that. Like. Oh, it's only murder documentaries and such and such. Like you don't want that identity as a as a you know, they they're they're the mainstream. They're the WWE of 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 it. You know, like the mainstream, they're the people that that people look up to. It's the it's the service that everybody kind of imitates in so many ways. So, you got to get ahead of being the old people service. And I feel like I'm not seeing it trending the way that it used to be, you know, like the, and I think, but does anybody be- do that? Does anybody stay, stay the, the, the main name brand forever? I mean, Netflix has no, had quite no. a run through that throughout this whole streaming time and all this time we've known that this was going to happen. So, I mean, I'm very curious about just, 
if there is a way back to the kind of stability and you know dominance mm. that they had i just don't think that there is and i think what steve and, and you were kind of saying too ronald about like we're seeing the whole thing change a little bit yeah. no one can sustain what they've been doing the production they've been putting into these these series that do kind of come and go and like we've said it before on this show you know there's too many to watch like the, the, the yeah. there's there's no way that this could continue the way that it has been forever you know um and and i don't even know i can't quite picture what it looks like all this ad supported stuff kind of kind of worries me because i do feel like that's one of the best things we've gotten away from but yeah. i mean there's a couple things i watch now um, Better Call Saul, when it was on, uh, I watched it live on YouTube TV with commercials and I, I survived, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. It's almost a nostalgic thing to watch a show the way that right. you used to. I didn't even pause it or try to, you know? So right, I don't right. know. I think that, I think that the glut of content and maybe even coming out of the last couple of years where people have been sitting around watching more shows, it's like you either put on something that's like comfort food, background noise type programming that you really don't give a shit what it is, or you're sitting yeah. down to really watch something. Um, and, and I, I don't know. I think that there is something that's like the stuff that's not truly special, uh, is like meaningless, <laughs> you know? And yeah, there's so much of yeah. it. And I'll flip through a bunch of stuff where I'm like, ah, that's, yeah, I'll, that sounds like something I watch. I might watch, you know, but there'll be 20 things that I might watch. And then there's really only one thing I want to watch or two things I want to watch. Um, so it has become like the dispiriting thing where you used to go to a video store sometimes and walk around for 30 minutes and not be able to pick a movie. I sometimes will do that with streaming services. I'll just go from one to the next and then realize yeah. like, no, nope, there's really nothing. I don't want to watch. I just feel like I want to watch television because there's so much I could watch. So right. I kind of, yeah. I mean, I do think there's got to be some way that Steve, they can refocus, like you said, and find those prestige yeah. shows and find that way of presenting it that interests people. But I just think, yeah, the Netflix reign, the era, we're, we're living in it and we've been in it for so long. It's this whole streaming era. And it's kind of, maybe it has reached an apex of what, of what like companies will be willing to sink capital into in terms of the return they get, in terms of the eyes they get. Um, but we've kind of been in this weird golden age of just projects just left and right turning into, you know, eight to 10 hour yeah. series. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's a larger conversation to have about the actual content, whether it started to become kind of samey and overly familiar too, even with all the big stars and everything. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know that I sometimes will walk away from Netflix without watching anything uh, after browsing through all that stuff. And that didn't used to be the case necessarily, but I, I say that knowing they've got a couple things coming up. Ozark, you mentioned Stranger Things, you mentioned that I'm definitely yeah. on the hook for. And so if you're looking at like, why do I keep the service? There's enough shows that I watch that are on Netflix that that's why I keep it. But I think you're right. It, you don't hear people. It just doesn't seem like it's the buzzy, the buzzy imprint anymore, you know, and they do throw money at these movies and projects and collaborations that maybe they're fruitful in the long run in terms of subscribers or whatever. But if they're losing that many people in a, a month um, or a quarter, um, then it's like, obviously that's not working either. You know, the poor, the, yeah. the, the being the big dog with all the money to pour into stuff that that eventually reaches a limit too. So yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. And let's, we should mention to people, we talked about the password thing. Uh, we should explain what that is. Basically, they just started cracking down on people sharing passwords, uh, which is hilarious that they still have the, which account are you, like when you go in, you can still choose which user you are. So it's a strange thing to say, we, we can let you have multiple users, but we don't want anyone, you know, we don't want you sharing it with your kid who's in college anymore. 
Um, what do you guys think of that? We never really talked about the, the password thing. Did that seem like an inevitable thing or did it seem kind of like a stupid thing for them to announce because there's all, all it's going to do is alienate people at a time when their competition is super strong? Um, I know, th- like, I, I know people that abuse the Netflix thing, like <laughs> legit abuse it. But I think that, so like, I shared my Disney account. I don't know if you guys share your Disney account. I share my Disney account with four other people. And some of it is just like, I don't even share I want it with my family. To... I make them sign into a different account across the room if they're going to come. Oh, out. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. And you got to monitor that stuff because people, <laughs> but um, yeah, you just, I, I, I do share my account with other people, but it does get a little weird when like, you got 10 people on one account and they're like timing how they're going to sign on. And like that, just, just get a fucking another account. Like all that acrobatics that you're doing, like it's right. like $20 a month. Like stop acting like it's killing you. You know what? One part of this that's bothered, that's bothering me, like as a human being is the devaluing of art. Yes. You know what I mean? To tell me to tell, you know, as a person who creates art, we create this podcast for somebody to be like $20 is too much for hundreds, if not thousands of movies, new shows come out constantly. It's in 4k. It's like, what, what, what did it, what is it? it there's sell, there's seldom any server issues. You know, there's always things that connect with you on some level. Like, I don't understand how people can tell you to, to your face that this is not worth the cost. I I have to be honest. I'd spend forty dollars for that sort of service. Like I'm surprised that things cost what they do, but that's because I like movies. I know what it costs. Right. You know, I I purchase digital film digital films constantly. So like you know, I I I feel the value of those movies. So for people to tell me that it's not worth it is is a strange thing. And people, so, um, a guy said this to me, and I, I I've never forgotten it. People don't, people don't realize how much they love art until they don't have it. Mm-hmm. And when, and if Netflix is like, we're done, people are going to miss that, man. I would miss the shit out of it. I completely- yeah, I mean, I don't think it's anywhere near but, that point. No, no, no. I, but, I'm just, but you know what I'm saying, man. <laughs> right. like, here's the thing. Here's the thing, man. Whether, you, whether people realize it or not, if, if they do enforce the password thing, mm-hmm. there's going to be a mass exodus, which could affect the entire company which could make them get eaten up by another company like this this is a thing it's a it's a real it's not impossible it it is happening it's happened to bigger companies you know so like i think sometimes like the idea that something that has been on top for a long time can dilute the idea that money is money and someone could buy you know 99 percent of the shares and then by default own the company like things like that happen constantly so like i i just think they have to stay on their p's and q's especially hitting around this if you're going to do the password thing incentivize it incent like we need something that keeps us here after that change is done if they make the change yeah that's, that's kind of why I asked. It's like I agree with wanting people wanting to pay for stuff, but it is like one of the benefits of this service. People use it that way, so I think it's an interesting mm-hmm. thing to think of like 
like just what that what effect that could have like if people are hanging on by a thread but i kind of agree if that's the difference between you loving a service and not then then you're not really part of their customer base anyway you know what i no no it's like if if you're if you're if 10 people are using your account and you're back and you're timing it and all that stuff like I, I just think that like maybe there's a little abuse of the service. Yeah. If you if you have seven people on it, that's a, that's cool. But like, I I'm kind of weird. Like I, I maybe I'm kind of seeing the value in Netflix. Like I see the value in these services. I'm not saying that people should not share passwords, but how many people do you think is too much for sharing one account? Steve and John. I don't know. I would say I would. I kind of think of it as like a family thing, but I know people. Yeah, I was yeah, of course. Family. family, family, of course, family. I'd say your family and then a little bit of an extended family, like immediate family, couple people from the extended, you know, or anyone that you're in, like, like a, a team of car thieves with, you know, yeah, that's family. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I feel like Fast anyone and the that Furious, you go to Olive Garden with, that's family. Yeah. I don't know. There's just a few. There's a few ways these things can happen. But that's what it's all about. Um, let's move on. We said we were going to spend a few minutes talking about the Netflix thing. Um, what's our next news item? I guess I'll just throw this out there. Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, got a teaser. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, 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 everyone in my house enjoyed it and was fully on board the the Taika train and, and what's happening with Thor and Chris Hemsworth. We just, you know, we couldn't have more confidence that this is going to be a fun movie. But I did see that there was a little bit of a backlash uh, on Twitter but I couldn't tell if it was people relating, like reacting to a backlash. I couldn't tell where the mm. there was. There seemed to be some Taika backlash or people talking about like he's done or people don't like him anymore. But I I saw more people reacting to someone's statement than I saw the statement. So it's one of those things where I was just like, okay, it's one of those Twitter things where if you look away for thirty minutes, it'll it'll have taken care of itself. So I didn't know if you guys knew there's there's apparently some some kind of backlash to this trailer but i thought it was just a real crowd pleasing like hey remember ragnarok well the same team is coming back and <laughs> also they're going to pay off thor's character arc that we've been enjoying uh through ragnarok and then into the uh infinity war and in-game film so i really like everything i saw in that trailer made me maybe in- interested to see where they're going with it especially knowing who's 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 at the helm um the latinx community has a word for that kind of stuff uh, basura uh, trash, uh, yeah, trash talk is ridiculous talk. This trailer looks incredible. I don't know why people would say that Tyka's falling off. I love the poster that has like He Man Masters of the Universe vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, you know, it almost looks identical to or, uh, what's a or heavy metal. Is that the other one looks like? Yeah, 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 heavy metal, heavy metal yeah. as well. Um, it's it's just promising, and like this looks fun. It's like every frame looks fun you know yeah and the surprise that we got at the end of the trailer that we the the most known unknown is a secret you know that that kind of happened with uh a certain actress uh coming back was such a fun treat and seeing her all buff on set is also <laughs> so fun to see man <laughs> what happens our arms look nuts so i'm, I'm excited i'm super yeah we're excited talking about, about natalie portman who has who has beefed up for uh, her return as Jane Foster in this movie. And she's yeah. even said in interviews that she's never had to work this hard before a film before the, you know, the Marvel, <laughs> like what they make you do. If you're going right, to be right. one of the people they need to beef up for one, even if you're one of the, even if you're like a person who's supposed to look out of shape in a Marvel movie, I think they make you train <laughs> for six months. 
Um, but so, so uh, we're 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 saying that that's actually her beefed up. That's not prosthetics. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Like, I, I didn't. Some, no, no. I'm I don't know. Some about of like that the, shot might be some prosthetics, but she has, you know, she has talked about having a crazy exercise oh. regimen. So okay, I, I thought we were talking about that photo going around, like of no, her on set with the T-shirt. No, I saw like a vest sort of thing. Oh, I'm. I I've only like seen. A, I've only seen like the shot of her in the trailer where she looks normal, but but definitely beefy. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. 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 You yeah, saw the one what going around Twitter. I, the no. one going around Twitter, like it's uh, her, like standing on set. I'm trying to scroll through and find it now, but of course I can't find it. But I got to me, it looked like very obviously not. Maybe it's her. Maybe it's legit. I don't know. It, look, it just just looked weird. Hey, let me see if I can find it. Let's see if you show this. Oh yeah, that's so. That's one of the ones I saw. She that doesn't look that crazy. Like her, her like her right arm looks like it's like we like. What is her right arm doing? I think it's just shadow. Oh, okay. I think it's all just right. Well, well, kudos, kudos to her if she got that jack. That's kind of wild. Because she um, is, yeah, she's kind of small. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, obviously, like this this trailer. Look, I think the trailer looks great. I mean, I, I yeah, I saw some of that like trash talk online uh post trailer drop on monday tuesday i just you know people just need something to talk about i think i I really i mean like what are you expecting when all like the whole crew is back you know like everything you liked about ragnarok if you liked ragnarok and even thor's involvement in in infinity war and endgame with the guardians like what did you expect otherwise you know it's just the same the same uh kind of hang but i did i did, did think it looks really good um you know that I, Tyco. I mean, just over. Come on, man. Like he's just getting started. I think. Like he's yeah, like yeah. literally. I think he's in like the the middle of the game right now. He's not even like peaked. I don't think yet. But um, there was uh there was a shot in the trailer though that like feels like that Marvel trickery immediately uh happening already. Where like they've edited somebody out of the trailer or a mm-hmm. character out of the trailer. But there's that shot where like it's like Thor, Korg, and on the like frame on the left, it's just like just a big empty. open space. Yeah, like it's framed completely inappropriate. Like just, it, and of course people were saying the same thing immediately. It's like okay, well who who's gonna be in that spot or who's there? <laughs> so that's fun speculation for you know the next four months or whatever it is. And the, the flip of that is that other shot that people are putting the comparison to the comic book frame that it's taken from. Oh yeah, it couldn't look more like they just took this great image right, from a comic, comic shot made yeah into with like that creature thing. falling yeah. down there's a yeah. d- dead creature in the background and then thor i believe and somebody are standing on the little mountain in front L- of on it. the ledge but um i saw <clears throat> an interesting it, it's an interesting thing because you see people saying oh my gosh look at this you know comparison this is great they're including this image this is a real sign that they're that they're doing their homework with the comics and then the the sure. flip of that is um they really got to start compensating the comic creators more if they're basically mm, grabbing damn. shots from the comics, yeah, you know, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, that that question has still yet to be resolved in a in a satisfying way. You'll occasionally hear about some comics creator that got treated really well by the MCU, but more often than not, you're hearing how, oh, they thanked me, 
as they thanked me for creating this character that just made them a billion dollars, but they didn't, right. you know, they didn't invite me to the premiere <laughs> uh, or send rough. me a buck. Um, but no, I'm, yeah, I think we're all uh, on the hook for Taika in general, but this movie does look super fun and I enjoyed the involvement. Also, I think it's going to be fun to see the guardians uh, again and to kind of catch up with that thread because the last time we saw the, you know, Thor and the guardians had sort of hooked up. So, you know, in, in terms of the Marvel soap opera of just the continuing story, mm -hmm. I think this is a fun little piece of the story that it'll be, it'll be enjoyable to catch up with. So this is like all the fun, goofy characters, you know, and <laughs> are in this one. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, well, speaking of fun, goofy characters, remember how hilarious Ezra Miller was as the Flash in uh, Justice League? All yeah, his man. antics. Um, he was, you know, some of that was funny, but I felt like, you know, he was an odd guy. But he might be an odd guy in life, as we're finding out. He's <laughs> he committed to that comparison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he immediately doubted, pulled it back. You mean? <laughs> well, I realized that I, I realized that I don't know if everyone found him as annoying as I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he also did get a couple of laughs out of me. But but the point is, Ezra Miller seems like a very messed up dude in his personal life, or at least a guy who's got some some issues with. Uh, you know how he reacts to certain situations there have been uh restraining orders against him and he's threatened people and stolen from people and i don't know what do you make of this and i guess the bigger question is not so much what you think of ezra miller i don't you know we're not really going to judge him but what does this mean for a, 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 a film and a potential franchise that they were getting ready to launch around this guy the flash movie is still on the calendar it's got a lot of things in it that people want to see but um what do you do when your star is you know, making that kind of news. <clears throat> I I don't understand why he keeps getting a million chances. And I, I can't help but wonder if other talent um, were to do such things, if they they have such a long leash to do the thing. He's putting women in wrestling moves. He's like yeah. legitimately doing streets of rage. There's video of that. Women. There's video of yeah, him like yeah. doing that. Like, yes. So I mean that, you know, and that's just in the last two weeks, right? Right, right. Like, hey, don't forget that two years ago he choked a woman in a bar. That's, that, in Iceland. that's what I'm talking about. Is oh, you're talking about that video? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So the yeah, recent so one I didn't know about. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at, at the stop though, like you know, that that the all valid points. But if there's something going on with them, like I feel like they need to get help, or yeah, the studio yeah, of course of needs course, to figure out yeah. how they can get help for them if they want help, and and just kind of that's the important thing. Really, obviously, you don't want this stuff happening to anybody as a you know to the victims or even what they're going through. But yeah, anything that happens like that kind of with that kind of frequency, like two weeks ago and now this week again, you know. To, the pointer brothers is like calling emergency meetings to discuss what to do about you know like john said the flash but don't forget he's also a part of the fantastic beast franchise which after last week's opening may not be much more of a franchise but you know he is a prominent uh character in those films and but yeah the, the future of the flash is is apparently really in flux and obviously very important to to DC and Warner Brothers, and I don't, I don't really know what they do with this. I mean, this movie's been, you know, delayed so many times, and finally just recently finished. And like you know, John said, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I feel like people want to see, and characters that they want to see back, in, you know, on the screen. And I don't know. I think the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting because I, I don't know that they're going to go back in and reshoot stuff or recast or what. But I feel like. 
they've got a big problem on their hands, especially like when they talked about what they want to try to do for the DC universe going forward. Yeah. You know, uh, in terms of kind of having more oversight and kind of like a central figure kind of overseeing and directing what's going on there. Kind of like a, you know, they compare like the Kevin Feige character that, you know, or that, that right. Kevin Feige figure that Marvel has. Um, yeah, I just feel really bad. I mean, I don't, you know, that, that this is happening for obviously the people that it's happened to, but there's obviously something really going on in their life that they need help. And I hope they get help for them. And I hope Warner brothers is a big part of that, not just for their business interests, but also just for the talent that they should be taken care of. Um, And yes, I I appreciate you, Steve, for uh, using the correct pronouns for pronouns for Ezra Miller. I, I, it's a, they, them are the preferred pronouns there. Right, right, right. Um, So I, I, I misspake earlier. Yeah. I just think there has to be some standard for treatment, especially when it comes to women. Like, you know, if you're hitting on women like that, I I, I feel like if there's supposedly all this progress being made, but when, when it comes to just things like this, there should be no tolerance for it. You know, it doesn't matter what you identify, who you identify. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. You should not be hitting on women and that should be punished. You know, and if it doesn't feel like there's ever anything that happens, like Shia LaBeouf got into all this crazy stuff with um, FKA twigs. She, you know, she said she she got an STD and all this stuff. She got assaulted. I feel like I didn't hear anything about it beyond that. Like you know, beyond. I mean, there was a little bit of a like screw this guy, but I feel like there has to be be some standard. Like there has to be some like. Are we getting people out of here for this? Like, is, is this is this going to keep happening? We have a tape that we could look at. You could Google Ezra attacking a woman before. Like, nobody keeps every time Ezra's name comes up, somebody should be like, "Hey, remember this? Remember Ezra did a wrestling move on this woman? Remember right. this?" I'm just saying, like, people do it for less things. And how do you people market do like a family friendly uh, sci fi like tentpole movie if that's the headline. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not saying it takes priority over it. I'm saying that's the question that that Warner Brothers has right now because they've they can't Kevin Spacey this thing, you know. Um, no. it's too it's the star. Um, but uh, yeah, and and also the Harry Potter thing that you mentioned, Steve, is a very intriguing thing because I don't know that I've ever heard a studio announce. I mean, we've always known that, but I don't know if I've heard like a studio announce. Oh, we're gonna see what happens with this movie before we do that fourth one that we said we were gonna do. You know, yeah. Um, that just feels like a very strange thing, like a sort of a bulletproof franchise. And that's not to say that this movie won't eventually turn a profit or make enough money worldwide that it's okay. But still, it obviously did not do what they were. Even the even the yeah. reduced projections, it did not make. Um, and I mean, I didn't watch the second Fantastic Beast movie. But I thought the trailer of this, I thought it looked kind of cool in some spots. I was interested to yeah. see a little bit of it, but you know, not like not like pulled towards watching it as quick as possible the way I am with some other yeah. movies like it. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that even the kind of diehard fans, I saw a very, very tepid showing amongst like just my social media connections who I know are Harry Potter fans. It seems like very few people uh, are interested in like publicly declaring their love for it. And I guess maybe that's another thing right now. Maybe the JK Rowling of that is, yeah. is part of this is related to what we're saying about Ezra. Um, just the effect of how someone like that, how they can 
how they can affect the properties that they're connected to. There's a little bit of a of a of a dimming of the 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 light for it. <clears throat> five movies, man. There were supposed to be five of them. That was crazy yeah. so, that they announced five movies. You know, yeah, and, insane. So somebody had a theory that I really liked that maybe um, J.K. should sell it off the way that uh, George Lucas did, um, and just kind of like let somebody else a trusted hand handle the series from now on and i i'm kind of feeling like maybe she should she's gonna tank this thing if she keeps talking you know she i look people are entitled to their their opinions and i think that's another thing like we have to live in this world where like people can say whatever they want but you're gonna get a reaction out of people right right she should be able to say whatever she wants but that's gonna affect her bottom line this world that she's created over 20 years is being demolished by some off-color opinions. By some shit she doesn't even need to be saying yeah, anything about, why you, you know? This is not your wheelhouse. Why is this your it, wheelhouse? Why Why is this the, your... If it was something that affected you directly, I'd be like, look, I get it. <laughs> but this is just... She just randomly... She's like, look, by the way, and she keeps coming back to it. I know, it's the, it's it's the like, who asked you thing. It's, it really is it's like... So crazy. It's like John it's so Cleese was in trouble for saying some stupid shit uh, at a film right. festival that we were talking about. And that's another one that's like, John Cleese, you should not be making the news at all. We shouldn't be hearing yeah. a headline about what you said at all, you know? Um, so, yeah, why do some of these people, why, why do they want to mess with their legacy like that? Mm. But anyway, I guess it's just it's like a toxic person that's attached to this thing. So it'll be interesting to see. What what Warner Brothers does with this Flash movie if they kind of soft pedal it because there's a there's a you know bad association with the star but also is, is are people going to want to watch a fun loving character that they think in life might be some kind of monster especially when the story's about Ezra I mean you know you've heard about like the I forget the writer director team that was responsible for Game Night um, they were mm -hmm. on this movie at one point and they've come oh, out wow. and basically said that. Uh, dealing with Ezra Miller was horrible, that they were just, Damn. you know, just a bully on the set and pitching fits and all that stuff. So, I mean, I gotta be honest, like I, I'm, I, I would be shocked if they have any future in these movies. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, I think if Warner Brothers has anything to say about it, I think beyond yeah. trying to get them help financially, business sense wise, yeah. I don't think they have a future in these movies anymore. I really don't. I think Damn. that, I mean, the Fantastic Beast issue may have resolved itself, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. I don't know that they're going to make those fourth and fifth movies right, yeah. um, anytime soon. But The Flash is a big part of what they want to do with the DC yeah. universe. And fortunately, you know, they've already played with it a little bit, you know, in terms of Flashpoint and what they can do with that. Um, it might present an opportunity <laughs> to have some sort of... Uh, replacement in place and i know people yeah. have already been calling for uh the guy that plays him on the the show possibly right which Why they've not? already had that crossover before I, it's just a stick man it's just a it's just so disappointing man like yes it, it really is on and on every level. front honestly yeah. beyond beyond the movies it's just yeah, a, totally. it's just really sad and disappointing um so yeah i hope hope they figure it out and uh hopefully they get the help they need yeah 
I guess we, can, we, we can stick with a DC character, but maybe move on to our movie that we want to talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's mm-hmm. seen The Batman, and now if you're listening, yes. you can see it at home, too. You can see it on HBO Max and on PVOD if, you, if you've mm-hmm. unearthed that secret. Ronald was saying earlier they're trying to keep it secret <laughs> that, yeah. that it's on PVOD. It may, it may, it, yeah, I mean, I, I just saw a stat that, like, it's apparently, like, maybe going to supplant, like, Spider-Man with the PVOD. So I think people are finding it. Yeah. Yeah. So I that's mean, good. It is, that's good. It's plastered. So when when I open up that Apple TV app, it's like okay, big, good. But it it took a while. I tell you, so it took I, a while. I was just completely just not looking for it. I assume. No, no, no. no. I'm I'm saying like Tuesday, it wasn't up like that. Okay. It was like they gave it like a day. Maybe they gave up. HBO Max like a head start. I think they did. I think because I did see that like uh, uh what did that uh, some number just popped up on my phone as we we're talking about the numbers and uh, it was like. 790,000 people watched it on Monday on HBO Max. Whoa. 790,000, which is a... That's a lot. I think that's a pretty big number for a feature premiere on on that service, at least. They haven't really given any context to that, but... (laughs) But that's awesome. Um, I I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know what that compares, like, other movies that have, like, come to the service, like, after a theatrical run, you know, like, that's the first big one that bypassed the day and date stuff that they were doing before. Yeah. Um, what about yeah, the film? So, yeah. The, the film, the film. I and mean, we talked about it briefly, but yeah. we didn't want to get too much into it before uh, Ronald was able to see it. So why don't, why don't you kind of jump in Ronald? I mean, what did you think of the Batman? Um, I thought it was great. I think I think what was what was really hard. I mean, let's be honest, man. We saw what many consider a perfect trilogy several years ago in the Christopher Nolan trilogy. You know, it's, it wasn't perfect in that every frame, every story, you know, twist and turn was perfect. But in terms of general reception of the Christopher Nolan trilogy, it is held in high esteem. So coming into this film, man, I had a lot of apprehension. You know, it's um, it was it was Robert Pattinson, who I was, you know, we're 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 fans of, but a different feel to this Batman. You know, it's 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 taking place in a different time as this Batman. This Gotham is a little different, um, and I wound up feeling like. I think the the approach to this was genius. I think that it 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 touched on, you know, I, I, Matt Reeves's approach of making Batman a detective first. You know, especially a, a couple of things. It wasn't an origin story, which I loved. I love that it wasn't an origin story. Kind of coming in when he's kind of regarded as like a, a weirdo in a suit, and and still having that. Like, you know, the Gotham PD doesn't really like him and the general public really doesn't like him. He His his, his uh, final form, the Cape Crusader, as people know him in Gotham eventually, feels like, you know, he's on his way to that. But he's still figuring things out. He makes some cool mistakes. I was like, shit, he shouldn't have did that. And then it winds up kicking him in the ass later on. Like, this is a raw Batman. And I think that that approach... You know, Matt Reeves humanizing him. This is another thing that that I think I was not ready for. Humanizing him in a way that I just wasn't ready for. 
you know, him getting a little jealous at a part, you know, him getting yeah. a little, you know, him get I thought I thought those were cool little steps towards what I'm hoping is a, is going to be a trilogy that'll really shake up comic book films and just films in general. The Riddler was really fucking cool to me. He didn't look anything like I thought he was going to look, but Penguin was so cool. Like, and, you know, I feel like the Catwoman angle was a little underdeveloped, but I love the dynamic between them. You know, Zoe Kravitz jumps off at the, on, uh, the screen. So overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't feel every bit of the three hours, but there was a point like midway through. I was like, just I got it from Aaron, man. I'll tap the Apple TV just to see how long. Yeah. You know, how much longer? And I'm like halfway through the story. We have this much left. So I felt a little <laughs> weird about that. But overall, man, I thought it was great. What you guys think? I mean, I I, I rewatched it this week, and uh, I I love it. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. the the more I sit with it and and rewatching it, I really do think it's pretty amazing. And for all the reasons that you just said, I I, I too like feel that I I really like the the way that um, like Robert Pattinson is really just like Batman in this movie. Like he yeah. He's not, yeah. There's not a lot of Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of differentiation between these the, the characters of each. So yeah. I thought that was like one of the more unique parts of the movie, and I think that that's really what stood out to me, and the idea of what it could become going forward, especially where we see the character of Batman going towards the end of the movie. What he, you know, kind of the realizations that he comes across uh, for himself as that character, and maybe what he could, maybe what he could do as Bruce Wayne um, to help in other ways that he never really was doing before. So, I mean, that piece of this movie, while it's not an origin story, I really like the idea of spending so much time with Batman, you know, like more than in any other Batman movie that's ever existed, I think. Yeah. And, um, and in most of those scenes, like I thought it worked incredibly well. Um, And yeah, I mean, like Robert Pattinson is, it's a completely different take on Batman. And I think that, um, it's unique. It's different, and it's it's good. I mean, like I, I don't know where it falls into the the hierarchy of Batman, you know, rankings in my mind just yet because I want to see more of what happens when, you know, <clears throat> when he what he does as Bruce Wayne in the films going forward. You know, to see that balance and that the, the differences between the two characters, yeah. which is some of the most interesting stuff with Batman, I think. But. Yeah. Um, there's so many great sequences in this movie that I just think the idea, you know, the the filmmaking that, that happens, you know, when when they're doing some of these practical stunts. And I, I was watching a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff on YouTube um, and some of this like additional stuff that's on HBO Max. And um, it's just so impressive, like the time and the craft that went into making some of that as practical as possible, specifically the car chase sequence, like with the penguin and Batman and in, in mm-hmm. the Batmobile. Um, I thought it was just awesome. And that scene, like when they're outside of that warehouse in the rain and the Batmobile revs up and starts lighting up like the hood and everything. I fucking love that scene so yes. much. So and, good. Like w- just that introduction of that, of the vehicle of just like the Im- intimidation of that sequence. And like, yeah. I don't know, just like how he kind of dips out of the sequence 
because he's there with Catwoman, you know, and he's, he's a part of the scene and then he's not. And you're like, where is he? And you're like, Oh my God, he's in the fucking Batmobile. And it just was in the theater. I felt that way, but even home watching it on my, you know, decent setup, you know, the yeah. sound and everything. It was just, I, I, that whole sequence all the way to the point that they flip the car and he's walking up in the, in the silhouette of the fire. I just thought that was so epic. I love that scene so much, but yeah, Ultimately, I love this movie so much. I can't wait yeah. to see if and what. I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure they'll announce something soon, but because um, the movie has done very well um, uh, domestically and worldwide, and I think it'll do great on PVOD and, and HBO Max. So I, I can't wait till they announce some more of what's next. And you know, I hope Matt Reeves is involved because I think he's a big part of why this is so good. Well, there is like a cohesion to it. And I mean, maybe I'm, I'm kind of now remembering when we talked about it before, Steve, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm worried. I'm just going to repeat what I said then too. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I didn't really want this movie. Like I didn't want a, when a darker, grittier Batman, I didn't want a more grounded, but I just, I just didn't, I mean, I wasn't wishing for it to go in that direction. I wasn't wishing yeah. for it to go in any particular direction, but when they said, right. oh, this is the darkest one yet, there was a part of me that was like, oh, I'm just so disinterested in that idea. Yeah. Not that, not the idea that a dark movie could be good, but the idea that that's your concept, that's your angle, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't really think, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks this, this, and I think this is what I said before is that it's like, it's, it's comic booky though, in a way that a lot yeah. of the other takes on this character haven't been. So even though they do go so dark and so self-serious, and I've heard people that have complained about the writing in this movie as being kind of like the weak point of it, that like it's stilted or it's cheesy or whatever. And I think that you just have to buy into the world of this because i was shocked at all this stuff that could have seemed cheesy and self-important how it worked in this context and it really made me feel like and i think i said this before i i it really made me feel like i was reading a graphic novel and it had like the, right. the the narration blocks that are in a character's voice and there is something kind of self-important about that stuff but i i felt like i was totally there for it and like from that opening sequence that takes you into the the idea of that the city there's fear out there that the that this criminal element is already aware of Batman and they're already kind of looking for him where he might be that idea that he doesn't have to be everywhere because he could be anywhere. I think that's oh, the line yes. is such a yeah. great idea. And I think that that was, that's where I knew this movie had me in its tone was because normally a movie that had the line that they think they look for me in the shadows, but I am the shadows or something like that. Normally that line would be enough for me to like, remember that line and then come out of it and then call everyone I know and make fun of the fact that that, that line was in a movie just cause it seems so, so, but it got me like, that was when I knew this movie, the tone was right. was because I was, I was listening to that thought and going, that's true of Batman that you might look for him in the shadows, <laughs> but in some way he kind of is every shadow. Like I, 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 I guess I'm just saying it got over that, that, uh, whatever guard I have up against something that's kind of self-serious or self-important or up its own ass or just repetitive or whatever, it just got through it. So like, I was kind of amazed at the, that aspect. And I still find it kind of undefinable why this movie clicks so well in that way that it really does feel like you're in one of those classic comics. I think it has to do with how much Gotham is a, is a part of the story. I think it has to do with how many different people we meet and how many different parts of the city we're connected to. I mean, Catwoman, uh, who I did enjoy a lot in this, you know, they don't go out of their way to create this, this iconic uh, kind of camp Catwoman like we've seen in the past. 
they they make her grittier and more grounded, but she still has little moments that are kind of comic booky and fun. The idea that she has cats and she drinks milk and all that shit, you know, that's that's kind of fun. But I don't know. I, I just think every character from from her to the you know to the mobsters that we meet to the cops, there was just enough life around the edges in this that that even with the focus on Batman. And as you said, Ronald, the kind of brilliant move of focusing on how awkward he, not just how he looks awkward. I always thought Christian Bale looked fucking awkward walking into a room. A bunch of cops are poking around and he comes in and he's like, Commissioner, what's going on? You know, (laughs) it always felt kind of silly, but no one acknowledged it. And I think this movie acknowledges it by having people look at him like he's a freak. But also Robert Pattinson, his eyes in the suit, you can tell, like he plays the awkwardness without changing his facial expression, without creating like a comic moment out of it, he plays the awkwardness of Batman. I don't think I've ever seen anyone try that before because it's not like yeah. he's, he's tripping and shit, but he's playing a guy who, yeah, he's two or three years into it and he's kind of figuring it out and he hasn't become the seasoned guy we've seen before, but he's not the brand new neophyte that maybe you were expecting. Uh, and and he, we certainly didn't have to see the early days and the decision to 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 look like a bat and all that stuff that we've seen before. And they spared us the parents getting killed in the alley. I don't know. They did so many smart things. And yet, as I've said, connected it to this larger mythos of Batman, which is that every great Batman story sort of has a reason why he keeps doing it and a reason why he keeps fighting for Gotham because he could just leave. He could split. I mean, that's the thing. This guy could just say, fuck this town, this shitty scary town. I'm getting out of here. (laughs) And this movie, again, it kind of hinges on that, that idea that, what is Batman? What's the ultimate thing that makes him a hero? That makes him who he is? It's that he sticks around and he fights for this godforsaken city. Um, and yeah, this this movie made its own version of a case for why that why that would be important, not just to people who want more Batman stories, but why Batman himself would be would would be so true to this city. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I want to see more in this world. I, I at least want to see another attempt to maybe. Um, bring some of that that comic book flavor into another one of these stories. But I love that it was a, mi- a murder mystery. And even yeah. though Batman's detective work, it's not like the most sophisticated, crazy tech detective work you've ever seen. This movie is presented right. as, a, as a story where a guy's picking up clues and he's going one step further. And that's just a good model for this, this kind of tale. And I think the story does have the goods. There's a certain point where you find out a few things and there's some, there's some kind of creepy reveals about like Batman's past and the, the history of Gotham. There's a lot to play with there in the comics. Yeah. And I would hope that their next movie... Um, there's a storyline called the Court of Owls that has a lot to do with like Ooh. these power brokers in Gotham and like the secret society. Now that we've kind of broken through the idea that that Bruce's dad was some kind of moral paragon, the next step in the second movie that would be really fun would be to get into, okay, who are all the other Thomas Waynes out there and, and what kind of moves have they made and what what do they think of Bruce coming up in the city um so yeah lots lots of fun and also John Turturro who's just on a tear lately he was great so good Falcone man like in I I was surprised that they revealed what they revealed I mean you know anybody that like watches or reads Batman or even watches a cartoon finds out a very cool yeah fact about the story and you know they handled it in such a cool way that I was I was surprised that they put it in there. I was like, I thought this was like a second movie sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then the dynamic with uh, Gordon and oh, Batman yeah. just felt so fucking like that must have been how he got hired, man. Beyond him just being in the suit, there's something about 
Gordon commissioner. Well, he's not even going to commissioner at this point. He basically a beat cop, a, de- a detective um, having a conversation with Batman. And, you know, he, he's trying to get to know him through conversation. Batman's giving him nothing. And he's like, I don't know. you. I don't really know you, but I trust you. You're yeah. very trustworthy. But like this battle that kind of goes on and the way that he fucking talks to Pennyworth fucking. Uh, yeah. Alfred. Alfred. The way he talks to Alfred, like the beginnings of that, that relationship. I just love the way that it was done. And I, feel I want like more Matt Alfred. Reed, if, if I had a complaint, so much more. I thought I would, would get more Alfred. Give me like 15 more minutes. Of him. Yeah. Cause he's, <laughs> cause this one is like, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret that, Alfred has had a past in the military. So he's like, you know, arms, arms expert. He could fight a little bit. You know, him being cast as Alfred means a lot to me. It means that we're going to watch him get some, kick some ass at some point, which is very different than some of the Alfreds that we've seen in the past. So like this Alfred is an Alfred that I've been very familiar with in the comic books. And and I'm curious to see what they're going to do. So like, yeah, you're right. Like, give me like 10 more minutes of Alfred. And I would have been like, man, you know, Andy Serkis, his voice is just great anyway. Um, But I like that they were at odds. I like that they gave them a different dynamic than we've ever seen them have, you know? Again, it's that whole thing that they do in the movies, I guess, occasionally of saying, well, you know what the dynamic is. We're going to show you a reason why that dynamic is meaningful. So if you were hoping to see Batman and Alfred have the kind of relationship that you love from other things, at the end of this movie, they're more on the path to that because they've kind of had a breakthrough together. But at the beginning of this, you know, they're both like Alfred blames himself for so many things that have gone wrong. and, And Bruce sees him as like a pathetic attempt at like trying to replace his dad. You know, he doesn't really seem to be respecting him much at the beginning of the movie. And at the end that's, that's changed through what has happened. So I don't know. I think those little things, you don't necessarily need to see every bit of the origin, but it's fun when they pick something to say, well, let's explore that dynamic and how it might've been different at some point. And Gordon's a great example. Yeah. Yeah, He's not commissioner yet, but he's, he's, uh, He's the version that you love from the comics. He's the guy who gets involved and he gets scrappy. I mean, he can't do much, but Gordon's Gordon's awesome. I mean, really, he's one of the coolest characters in the whole Batman, you know, mythos, yeah, especially sure. in some of those key stories, because he is he is like the idea of the one good cop, you know, in Gotham. It's a kind of fun concept, especially when you realize how vulnerable he is and also how much yeah. he's paid for it. Like he's had a lot of a lot of death around him. Uh, yeah, in the comics. So, if they include one particular situation in this, I, I would love if they got that crazy. But he's had some real, real, real issues. One thing I wanted to say was like HBO Max typically skimps on the like boom and visuals when it comes to like 4K stuff. Man, you know, I bought a PVOD. It's like thirty dollars. Um, you know, iTunes is one of the better uh, qualities in terms of just how to watch a film, man, I, I turned on the HBO max version. I, I think Matt Reeves was like, if you're going to show it on my, on the service, it has to be like boomy. Like the, the Atmos has to be Atmos. And you know, it sometimes they could call it Atmos and it doesn't move around the way that it needs to, you know, like it doesn't sound the way that it should, but this is like, 
exceptional. Like I would, I would suggest that somebody sees it on HBO Max. And I typically don't like if I'm like iTunes or HBO Max, I'm typically gonna say H, uh, you know, iTunes almost every time. But this, this is a treat. It's like you get your bang for your buck for this one, man. It's it's a, it's definitely worth watching on HBO Max. So, um, so you're saying I, I'm, you're, you might remember my son's friend. Uh, one of his son, one of his friends said that yeah. it was mid, <laughs> and the other one said that it was heat. Which yeah. which friend do you agree with? Right, do you think be- the Batman was mid, or do you think it was it heat? was heat? It was heat. It was heat. Uh, you know what's funny? A lot of kids don't even know what mid is referring to. It's 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 quality of weed. No, but, I know. And, you, and you know what's funny is like talking to a kid who's like saying that you can't say that because then it's one of those little like, tests about, of like, well, if you're you're, if right. you're you're now introducing this concept right. to him, if you, you explain wanna, it to him, you don't need to. It's right. so funny. I heard a kid say it uh, a little while ago. I'm like, do you know what you're talking? Ronald, this okay. is like that thing where they play the intro music for like porn porn sites to see yeah. who turns their head because the people that turn their head know that that's the <laughs> intro music from a porn site. I think any right, reference right. to like drugs, even though they're becoming, you know, weed's becoming a bit more accepted out there. I still feel like mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a test. It's like, no, don't be the guy who says, oh, wait, I'll tell you where. I'll tell you where well, actually, well, well, actually, guy, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be, yeah, yeah, exactly. We talked about this before, like recognizing a porn actress in something. You don't want to be the one who points that out. So you also don't want to be the one to define mid for a fourteen-year-old. Right. Um, but no, I, I guess I'm leaning towards heat too. I mean, I I had thought that maybe my feelings towards this movie had cooled a little bit since I had like a really fun outing at the movies and I saw it with my son and a friend of his. This was the first time he saw it, and these kids were both really into it. And we were just mm. all the whole family was primed to see what was up with the new Batman movie. I kind of thought right, that right. my enthusiasm had cooled a little but talking about it has gotten me all jazzed about all the stuff that worked so well and you know we haven't said paul dano by name in this conversation but he just yeah his his pantheon of creeps (laughs) he just added a a really good a really good another good character to it um but that's another thing that makes this movie work is that it does play up the creep factor of of you know arkham asylum and and the sort of folks that might end up there and i kind of hope that that's the i hope that they stay in that vein you know i hope that if they do a sequel to this they that they stick to that idea because i do think creepy is a good way to go with yeah. uh, with batman villains yeah, for sure yeah cool so, so is it heat steve you, you, oh, the heat? no doubt yeah, yeah for sure for sure what what's what's above heat guys i mean i i i, lo- I, I, I loved it um it was so good um god what is above heat what, what, would, what would you say i don't know i don't know plasma but, uh yeah hbo max like ronald said if you subscribe to it it's on there amazing quality again uh, also on pvod if you'd prefer to just rent it or buy it you can do that um, but it is available now digitally and still in theaters. If you want the theatrical, it's still out there making money. So pick, pick choose your own adventure there. Um, <laughs> is there anything you guys want to mention? Anything else that you've seen recently since the last episode that you wanted to recommend or um, turn, turn the audience on to? Not high. Well, I don't know if this is turning them onto it, but I should mention Better Call Saul came back this week. And if you go to FYIZ, that's the just the call letters for my podcast feed where I put other shows than Movie Schmovie. Um, I have, there will be an episode of my 
Better Call Saul recap show, Saul Searching, up on the feed this week. So when oh, this cool. episode of Movie Schmovie comes out, that will already be out. And that's just, uh, yeah, talking about the first two episodes of Better Call Saul's sixth season that that aired on Monday. And uh, it's, you know, great show and it's back. And I don't need to tell you that it's great at this point, but um, <laughs> it's still fun to speculate. And in fact, the fact that it's kind of ending... Um, you know, it makes it, you know, it's, it's especially fun now to try to figure out like what pieces are they going to weave together from this? Yeah. Because in some ways this show has been a continuation of Breaking Bad, you know, so there's a lot of character threads to, to deal with. And, you know, one thing this show has always done is handle that kind of thing well. So it'll be interesting to see what they have in mind for the, for the ending of this saga. So yeah, FYIZ, wherever you look for podcasts and the show is called Soul Searching. So it's a, it's a single podcast feed that has lots of shows on it. So cool. In fact, I think you guys have agreed to be on a future one. uh, Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm super down. Um, I wanted to recommend two things real quick. One in theaters, I went and saw Michael Bay's uh, new film Ambulance with uh, how was it? J- Jake Gyllenhaal, dude. I thought it was so much fun. I cannot wait to see that movie. I, I, I'll say, like, you know, whatever you think of Michael Bay, like, I in general, I like most of his movies, at least in terms of for, for the entertainment of it. Um, but it's it's like. I think top tier Michael Bay movies, whatever that means to you, you know, in mm. my opinion, somebody that likes his movies. I mean, it's silly and it's, you know, <laughs> a whole lot of extra, but I think that's why I like his movies and Gyllenhaal is like completely off the rails in it. Um, but it's a lot of fun, really, really some wild action sequences, some amazing drone uh, photography. Like they apparently yeah. hired some like, like, well, I don't know, like, like drone champions, like international competitions that they ho- have, like in terms of, racing drones or whatever it might be and like they basically shot some scenes in the movie with drones and it, it looks amazing wow. um but yeah i mean it's a big action michael bay blockbuster kind of movie um but i thought it was really good and i had a lot of fun watching it so that's in theaters right now i don't know when that'll be coming to a, a streaming option because uh, i don't think it did that well uh, at all uh last weekend but I think it's a universal movie, so I think they have that window. Like after fourteen or fifteen days, they can decide what they're doing with a, a pivot option. So it may be available sooner than later, but that's a uh, it's in theaters now. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was a series that I just happened to stumble across on Epics called From. Oh yeah, um, have either of you watched that? I've watched no. a little bit of uh, the first one. And I, yeah, I thought it was really creepy. <clears throat> Yeah, so like if you, you know, it's got like a Lost meets Twilight Zone kind of vibe. And I think it's from some of the people that made Lost, um, even with Hera Perrineau in, in the one of the lead roles. Um, but if you're looking for something like that, I mean, it's 10 episodes. It just finished up the first season. Hopefully they, they make more uh, of this show because I, I thought it was pretty good. And uh, definitely has that like. These people end up in this town. They don't know how they got there. They thought they got lost and they can't leave. And there are these creatures that come at night and they have to like lock themselves in their houses. And they have these totems that block them from coming in the houses. Oh, and then the bigger picture is of like, where are they? You know? Yeah, exactly. Similar. Like, where are they? (laughs) You know, like, and that's kind of what they're starting to explore towards the end of the season. Um, But some really creepy like sequences, like with, these creatures trying to get in the houses where these people are safe because um, oh, wow. the creatures are really just, you know, they're people, 
but they're not people. And oh. um, I don't know. I watched the first couple episodes and I was like, yeah, I'm in. I like how creepy this <laughs> is. And uh, yeah, again, that's on epics. Um, and that's uh, the first full, the first season just ended 10 episodes. It's out there if you want to check it out. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and the one that I saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I got. Um, you good, Ronald? It's one thing. Uh, RoboCop uh, Arrow Video just released a 4K RoboCop. It looks incredible. It's crispy. It's beautiful. So if you like RoboCop and you want it in the best quality, invest in the physical media. It looks beautiful. So, Is it RoboCrisp? It's RoboCrisp. <laughs> that's that's, that's my favorite know? cereal. It's RoboCrisp. <laughs> and then <laughs> in metallic letters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. We All right, did cool. it. There it is, guys. Uh, Moviesfreebie.com is the website. You can go there to subscribe to the podcast. You can jump into any of the platforms you might have on your your mobile devices um, and subscribe. You can listen to the podcast even right on the site. You can find all the past episodes there um, and all the links to our different social media channels. Um, we'll be back next week with a new episode about what I don't know. Yeah. Who Maybe the We Own This City series on HBO Max Ooh. or HBO. We'll be talking about that, I know, but what else? I'm not sure, but you can count on that for sure. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. As always, you've made our day. Bye.